thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Good morning and welcome. My name is Laura and today we are continuing in our Summer of Freedom series. And uh, before we get into that this morning, I would absolutely love to pray. So uh, if we could maybe take a moment to do that together, that would be brilliant. God, um, I thank you that you love us, that you want to and intend to speak to us today. And so God, would you quiet our hearts? Would you give us the courage to hear what you're prompting in us? And God, will we be impacted by you in a way that transforms us as we leave this space today? Amen. Brilliant. So if you are watching in the room or online or in Rowley, welcome. We are continuing in our Summer of Freedom series. Um, And I guess I want to start by pointing out what I believe are some of life's inevitabilities. There are certain things in life that I do believe are inevitable. One of those things is that if you are going to travel on the M6, you will encounter traffic. At some point, doesn't matter what time of day, there will be a traffic jam. Uh, Another of life's inevitabilities, I would say, is that if you go to a wedding, Again, it doesn't matter whose wedding it is or who's attending, there will be someone there who's determined to dance in a circle despite the fact that there is really not room for that on the dance floor. Uh, Another of life's inevitabilities is England going out of a tournament on penalties, unfortunately. It's just the way we roll. And uh, again, actually, some of you uh, in the room today have already experienced this. Despite me being in my 30s, it is inevitable that I still will not be able to nail which is my left and which is my right. It is a lot of fun to drive with me, let me tell you. Um, But today, I guess I want to press into what I believe is another of life's inevitabilities. That if you are in this room, or you are watching online, or you are watching at Rowley, and you are a human being, then you have a calling on your life to make an impact. And the central way that you will make an impact is through the relationships that you have. That is how we impact the world around us. And today, as we look at how to have better relationships, what I'm going to suggest is that as we understand our impact better, our relationships get better as a knock-on effect. You see, each of us has a world that we exist in, and we are created in a way that our worlds collide and impact each other's, and we change shape through colliding with other people's worlds. And we see this in the Bible. In Genesis 2.18, it says, Then the Lord said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. In Proverbs 27.17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. In Proverbs 13.20, it says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. You see, you are created to impact the world around you, but you are created to impact other people's worlds and for their worlds to impact yours. In the first uh, few weeks of our series, uh, way back at the beginning of the summer now, we began by looking at the foundations of freedom. So when we talk about freedom, what does the Bible mean? We then moved on to look at the inner workings of freedom. And if you guys, if you've not caught that, uh, and you're, or if you're watching online, you want to go back and watch those, they're still there. They were such good talks. And they talk about how we can be free on the inside. And then today we are like, 
striding into our next set of the outworkings of freedom. What does it look like for freedom to be outworked in our life? Ultimately, what um, goes on inside of us will work itself out through us and impact the world around us. And so what does that look like outworked in relationships? What does true freedom look like in the relationships we have? Now, uh, the premise of what I'm uh, basing the talk on this morning is actually on maths. Now, anybody who knows me will begin to panic at the fact that I'm about to speak about maths at all, let alone speak about maths publicly. I would like to reassure you that the sum I'm about to do, all the numbers are staying under 40, so I'm hoping that we're going to be okay. Um, but I, I want to draw your attention to maths. Uh, now, this for those of you who aren't aware, is a sum. I'm starting well, aren't I? Starting strong. Uh, this is 19 plus 15. My GCSE did not go to waste. Now, uh, I actually, with Andy, heard a comedian talk about this a little while ago, and it was one of these things where you heard it, you laughed, and then a moment of profound insight sort of swept over you afterwards. Um, so, when we do maths, when we do sums, uh, if we use this analogy, a bit like uh, what we're talking about today, the equivalent of these two numbers are two worlds colliding. When you add numbers together, it's the two numbers colliding to create a sum that has an impact in the total area here. Sorry, anyone who likes maths, I apologize. Um, so if we do 9 plus 5, what happens is the impact of these two numbers coming together is greater than what this area will contain. So 9 plus 5 is... 14. Yay! So I didn't even have to do the maths. Uh, 14, fantastic. So we get a 4 down here. But what happens is that the impact is so great that it carries over into the next column. And so we get a 1 carry over into here. And so we do 1 plus 1 plus 1, which has carried over. And we get... 34. I actually said 24 when I was practicing earlier, which didn't bode well, did it? But what happens is the impact of these two numbers colliding is so great that it has carryover into our next column and our next experience. So often we have um, relationships and circumstances in our lives that impact us so greatly that they create carryover into our, our next situation or the next relationship we have. Now, our carryover is actually a neutral thing. What becomes of that carryover is really much more down to us. Because all of us have carryover, but up in the future, that carryover could look like resilience. It could look like grace. It could look like forgiveness and compassion. But equally, that carryover can look like bitterness and anger and unforgiveness and hurt, and maybe some of the wounds that Stuart was talking about last week. But one thing I really need all of us in the, in the room or online to hear right now is that you were never created to carry your carryover alone. God says that whatever you're going through, whatever has impacted you, wherever you're at today watching this, God, the God and source of all love, promises to carry your carryover with you and for you and work it through with you and places other people in our lives to support us as we work our carryover carry through. Now, this all sounds a little bit complicated, I will admit, um, but Jesus actually talked about this, this idea of, of how to have better relationships really, really simply. Uh, he, it was even in the Bible as, as the golden rule. And in Matthew 7, verse 12, we find this like really simple way of having better relationships. Jesus says this, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. 
This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. I love it because there is a sense of inevitability about this. Do to others as you would like done to you. Fantastic, great news. Because in reality, um, it's very simple. I would like you to trust me. I would like you to think the best of me. I would like you to be patient with me. I would like you to, to get to know me. I would like you to forgive me. I would like you to um, assume the best in me. But the reality of this verse is this. Not necessarily um, treat others as you want to be treated, but do to others what has been done to you. This is often what happens. This is often how we play that verse out, and this is the rule of carryover. And so today, as we push on through the morning, what I want to do is unpack a little bit this idea of how do we have better relationships. And first of all, I want to look at the impact that we have on other people. Then I want to look at the impact that other people have on us. And finally, I want to look at how we actually let some of the impact change and transform us. So first of all, if we're thinking about how to have better relationships, we firstly need to address the carryover. And I believe it's down to this the ability to get honest, and the ability to get curious. You see, when my world collides with yours, whatever I'm carrying, whatever my carryover is, is going to spill out, whether I like it or not. Um, I have a friend. Every good story starts with a sentence, I have a friend. And uh, this friend, uh, she used to go into colleges and secondary schools as a part of her job, and deliver sexual health work. Now, what that means is that you'll go into uh, a college and you'll talk about sex, and you talk about relationships and self-esteem and, and how to do relationships well and, and be responsible. And when you went and did these sessions, what you would do is you would take the equipment that you needed with you into the sessions. And uh, my friend this particular day uh, had been into college, had done a session, and decided to uh, travel home, and they were traveling home on the bus on this particular day, and they went and sat at the back. And um, what they had, what they were carrying with them, was in a bag, and popped that down. And I can only assume that the bus must have gone over a bump. And uh, what happened is that what was in their bag fell over, and the equipment rolled to the front of the bus, right down the center aisle. And the people that were in proximity, this caught their attention. Now, I said, get curious about what you carry. Curiosity didn't even cover, I believe, what was happening in this situation. People were seeing this thing that had fallen out of their bag and going, why is that on a bus? And why has someone got it out? Uh, and my friend had to be in a position where they had to walk, do a walk of shame down the front of the bus, pick up this piece of equipment that had fallen out and retrieve it and put it back in their bag. Now, often the things that we carry and the things that we take with us are going to spill out. We will hit bumps in life, things will happen, and whatever we're carrying will, and carrying over will spill out. And people that are in proximity to us often will see that even better than we see it for ourselves. But ultimately, we need to own the stuff that we are carrying. We need to own our own carryover. And yet, at the same time, what I said before is true. We are not called to carry our carryover on our own. When we have been through tough situations that impact us, God says that he will carry our carryover with us and for us, and we do not have to do that alone. For me, when I think about carryover, I think of uh, lots of different things. Um, it could be in me that... Um, 
there's been impact of previous relationships, and my carryover might look like me struggling to trust people now. Um, it might look like me struggling to let people get close to me and be intimate to me because of a previous relationship that I was in that really hurt me. Carryover can be really obvious, and what falls out of our bag can look really out of place and look really obvious, but sometimes it's the subtle things. Sometimes it's just the assumption that we make about somebody and the way they're going to behave. It's the feeling that rises up in us or the thought pattern that begins to happen when that person has acted in that way. And what I would urge us to do today is be honest about that in ourselves, but get curious. What is it in us that makes us think and feel that way? What is it that lets that narrative into my mind? And when it comes to other people and their carryover, we need to be as gracious towards them as we would be to ourselves. You see, I think when other people have carryover, we can spot a way that someone behaves that's, that's strange or doesn't sit right or maybe upsets us. But what I would say is don't get judgmental about that person. Instead, get curious. What is it about them that's causing them to behave in that way? Last week, Stuart did a brilliant job of talking about open wounds, and so often our carryover is related to wounds that we have. And so when we see this in other people, don't push people away, but if you can, draw them close. Because other people's carryover is an opportunity for healing or it's an opportunity for more hurt. And we can be people that bring healing if you would just take the time to ask how somebody else is doing. And so how would you want to be treated with your carryover? Again, in Matthew 7, 12, it says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. But so often the way that this is worked out is do to others what has been done to you. And so, firstly, we need to get curious and we need to get honest. Secondly, I want to talk about the impact that other people have on you. And I want to talk specifically about dealing with damaging people. Now, I want to be really clear here. I'm not talking about abusive people, but I'm talking about people that maybe cause damage in our lives. People who are maybe super difficult, but aren't really going anywhere anytime soon in our lives. They may be in our lives because of circumstance, um, and we need to learn to manage this in our lives. Often, um, these people, their carryover is maybe a little bit too much for you to carry alone, or maybe even carry at all. It might be that they're not aware of their carryover, or maybe they're the kind of people that are really aware of their carryover but just don't care about you and how it affects you. And uh, in a moment, I want to just go through some, some flags, like I guess like some flags or checkpoints to say, is this a thing in your life? And if it is, then maybe this is someone you need to be a little more careful around. But when there are people in our life who are causing damage, first of all, we need to have the greatest compassion possible. Because these are people who carry wounds, and their wounds are greatest of all. However, at the same time, it may be that we also need to put boundaries in place. In Proverbs 13.20, it says, um, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Now, Andy Stanley does some great teaching around this. And one of the things that he points out is that it's interesting that if you walk with the wise, you become wise. But if you walk with foolish people, it's not that you become foolish. It's that you get their consequences in your life you end up carrying their carryover. And so what are, say, some maybe of the flags that we might just want to have in place around some people in our lives? Well, first of all, 
is this. Will they carry their own carryover? Uh, there are some people in our lives who maybe uh, have stuff going on, but they are just not willing to own it, to recognize it, and to deal with it. They are just perfectly happy playing out their pain. And the, the sad truth of the matter is this, that if someone has a huge amount of pain that they're working through, it can be really, really difficult when, um, when we're not able to journey with them in that. And so sometimes when these people are in our lives, what we need to do is really, really love them, but we need to be careful too. It's difficult when they're not willing to acknowledge what's going on for them to true he for true healing to happen. Number two, are they willing, um, oh, sorry, are they creating wounds or are they allowing scars to heal? Are there people in our lives who are actually um, pushing into and the wounds and creating greater wounds rather than allowing the wounds to heal in our lives? Again, Stuart talked about this a little bit last week. You see, healthy relationships allow wounds to heal, whether you cause those wounds or not. Uh, there's a friend who I have, and uh, they had some pretty big wounds in their life. Now, I wasn't a part of creating those wounds, but I knew and they knew that if those wounds were ever really going to heal, I wasn't going to be able to be a part of their life for this next season, because for whatever reason, my presence wasn't helpful. And so for a season, I've stepped back from that relationship in order to allow those wounds to heal. My love for that person is so great that I will put their healing first. And so there are people, if there are people in our lives who we love desperately, but they are really opening up wounds or picking up old scars, again, we need to raise some flags. Thirdly, what is the trajectory of travel? What direction is this person heading in? You may well have heard the phrase, uh, you are the sum of your five closest relationships. Uh, for some of you, that might be slightly worrying to think that the five people who you message most, DM most, spend most time with are the people that you are most like. Um, but that is, that is true, that is what scientists have found. And in Life Central Youth, we use a phrase, um, uh, if you show me your friends, then I'll show you your future. And so the question is really very simple. For the people that are closest to you in your life and most influential, do you want to go where they are heading? And fourthly, and finally, it is this. Don't trust a stranger with the sacred. Uh, I grew up as an only child. For some of you, that will explain an awful lot about me. Um, but that's the way I grew up. And because of that, I was thrown into social settings fairly regularly and just had to make friends. Uh, a phrase that I absolutely loved as I grew up was that there aren't strangers, there are just friends I haven't made yet. And that really is my outlook on life. I love that. Um, but I have, I will say, uh, met different people and realized that some are a little stranger than others. Um, and when I use this word, don't let a stranger into the sacred, I think what I mean by a stranger is somebody who doesn't feel safe, somebody whose values are different to yours, and when you're with them, you become someone who you don't intend to be. When I was younger, I had a friend. <laughs> I had a few friends, but this one in particular. And uh, this, this girl, her name was Fiona, and I actually don't remember too much about Fiona, other than two things. She was incredibly bendy, uh, very, just unusually bendy as a person. Um, and this particular story, um, Fiona came over to my house to play, uh, and I think it was the first time that she came over and Fiona and I were playing in my bedroom. And uh, just, uh, I'm the kind of person who, as a child, I had a rocking horse. I just need you to, I need to put that out there right now. Uh, so I had a rocking horse in my bedroom, and my dad was super into antiques and doing up antiques and amazing at it, and he was going to do up this rocking horse. But 
I knew that I had to be super careful of this rocking horse and look after it well. Enter Fiona. Now, Fiona decided that she didn't have a rocking horse, so she wanted to use mine. I mean, it's not surprising, it's a rocking horse. And so she kind of started messing about with the rocking horse, and the rocking horse, well, she was quite aggressive towards my rocking horse, and it fell over. And what happened is she jumped away from it, it fell over, and this massive crack appeared in the neck of the rocking horse. I looked at Fiona, Fiona looked at me, and we could hear in the background my parents coming up the stairs, because it was like a massive noise. And Fiona looked at me and said, Tell them you did it, because you'll get in less trouble than I will. Now, that isn't the kind of relationship that I had with my parents. I tell my parents the truth. I'm totally honest about everything. I'm really open with them. Uh, but all of a sudden, the door to my bedroom opens, and I, one of my parents walks in and says, what happened here? And I said, oh, um, I, I fell off the rocking horse, and I broke it. And I got so upset, and I started to cry. I cry a lot. Um, and then Fiona kind of played out. Fiona went home. My parents sat me down and said, Laura, what happened with that rocking horse? And I told them the truth. And from that day onwards, Fiona was allowed to come around to play, but Fiona wasn't allowed in my bedroom. My parents wanted me and Fiona to play in a space where they could keep an eye on me. You know, there are certain people in our lives that we just need to be careful how close they get to us because they are strangers. There are sacred spaces where certain people maybe shouldn't be coming. Because maybe when we're with them, we become people that we don't intend to be. Their values are different to ours, or there's just something about them we don't trust. We shouldn't be letting strangers into the sacred. And that doesn't necessarily mean into your close circle of influence. It might mean into your headspace, that this is someone who like, consumes you and you feel angry when you think about them and you feel like super frustrated and, and they bring all this emotion up in you. Don't trust a stranger with the sacred. You know, true freedom in relationships means recognizing that not all relationships can have total freedom. You were created for impact, and you were created to transform those around you. But sometimes I have valued connection with people above the transformation that is happening in me or in them. But I read this brilliant quote by Danielle Strickland, and it says, sometimes we choose connection over transformation, but forget that connection is for our transformation. So let's become the people that we intend to become. So we go back to our verse in Matthew 7:12. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. But as I've said, almost the inevitable outworking of this is do to others what has been done to you. But maybe the inevitability in this is because this is actually exactly how we were intended to work. What I mean by that is throwing into the mix John 15, verses 12 to 13. It says this, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. What would it look like for the greatest expression of love that humanity has ever seen to be the thing that impacts our heart most and be the thing that we carry over. And so, we get honest and we get curious about our carryover. We deal with damaging people and we guard our hearts, but ultimately, we let the impact change us. 
I began by talking about the fact that you are called to make an impact, that um, understanding this impact really matters. And what I would say is there are so many people in my life, and I'm sure in yours, that have actually had a really positive impact on me. That I know what compassion means. I know what it is to be loyal. I know what it is to trust because of positive people and positive carryover that have been put into my life. But ultimately, I was created for a relationship with the source of love itself, with God to be the ultimate thing and the ultimate person who impacts me. Uh, there's a brilliant quote by uh, Ruth Haley Barton that says, the verb to call refers to the capacity living creatures have to call out to one another, to stay connected, to communicate something of importance. Even at this most basic level, the dynamic of calling is profound because it reminds us that calling is first of all highly relational. It has to do with one being, God, reaching out and establishing connection with another, us. It is an interpersonal connection and communicates, sorry, and communication that is initiated by God and thus demands our attention. You were designed to be impacted by a relationship with love itself. This is where we find true freedom, in proximity with the source of love. In that space, our carryover gets dealt with. And as we gain proximity with love itself, we begin to love others and see others differently, and we see their carryover differently as well. This is really about seeing people as Jesus sees them. Another quote that a friend sent to me is this, and I love it. Connecting is as much an attitude about people as it is a skill in being able to connect with people. You see, as I grow in proximity to the source of love itself, no matter what difficult situation I'm in right now, no matter what I'm going through or whatever has been done to me, as I grow in proximity to love, I begin to see other people differently. I begin to see them as God intends them to be, where God is journeying them to, and I treat them as the person that God is calling them to be. I speak to them as the person that God is calling them to be, not just the person that they are right now. We act and speak and love and see that person into existence. And it's not just that we see people differently either. We need people differently too when our, our heart is impacted by love itself. I uh, recently finished reading The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Um, it's not what I thought it would be, but I really enjoyed it. It's a narrative, uh, it's this story of a bunch of people who come from earth and turn up at the edge of heaven and they meet loved ones who uh, have been in heaven uh, and come and meet them kind of at the, at the threshold of where heaven is. And there's a beautiful interaction that takes place in there between a husband um, and uh, the wife. And the wife has been in heaven and comes to meet the husband uh, at the gates of heaven. And it says this, the husband says this, love, do you know the meaning of the word? How should I not, said the lady, I am in love, in love. Do you understand? Yes, now I truly love. You mean, said the husband, you mean you did not love me truly in the old days? Only in a poor sort of way, she said. I have asked you to forgive me. There was little real love in it, but what we called love down there was mostly the craving to be loved. In the main, I loved you for my own sake because I needed you. And now, says the husband, now you need me no more. 
But of course not, but of course not, said the lady. What needs could I have, now that I have all? I am full now, not empty. I am in love himself, not lonely, strong, not weak. You shall be the same. Come and see. We shall have no need for one another now. We can begin to love truly. When I have been impacted by the person of love itself, my heart for you doesn't need the same things from you. I don't need you to depend on me to feel secure. I don't need you in order to feel significant. I don't need you to be kind to me. I don't need to be better than you. I don't need your approval, your apology. I don't need your compliments or your security. I don't need your loyalty. I don't need your recognition, and I don't even need your justice. I don't need my needs met before yours. In fact, the impact of true love means that God put me first so that I can be second to you. And if we have people in our lives that are hurting, really hurting, really damaged, and actually hurt us in turn, it may be that for those people, my heart can't be close to you right now, but my heart will never be hard towards you because you carry the greatest wounds of all. And you know, when, um, when sometimes we're in situations where we're putting other people first, where we're really truly loving others before ourselves, it may be there, there are moments when it feels like it's not fair. But thankfully, love was never fair. Love was patient, it was kind, it wasn't jealous or boastful, love was never proud, it didn't demand, make demands on me, it, it wasn't irritable, it kept no record of my wrongs, it just rejoiced in me, it rejoiced in truth, it never gave up, never lost faith, was always hopeful and endured through every circumstance. You know, if we really want to be truly free in the relationships we have, if we want to have better relationships, then as we draw closer to love itself, it will allow me to put you first and me second. Because the source of all love put me first. And so that has to be a carryover that carries over into every single relationship I have, into how I see you, into how I love you, into how I trust you into how I treat you. And so how do we have better relationships? Ultimately, there are lots of ways, but I believe the primary way is by us growing in greater proximity to the source of love itself. That our carryover, the impact of the painful situations in our lives are handed to him. That he might work through those with us that we might put ourselves second as Jesus puts us first. Uh, if you're able, can I invite you to stand? We're gonna um, go into a time of response in a moment.
But I wonder whether the primary response here is us just taking some time and a moment to draw close to God again. To allow the carryover and the proximity to love itself to really like (laughs) marinate in us. That as you realize how deeply, richly, endlessly you are loved, that that might be the carryover we put into other situations. And it may be that as we spend some time in worship now that, that you want to bring specific relationships to the forefront of your mind and pray into those. That as the immensity of God's love for you washes over you, that it may carry over into some of the trickier relationships that you have. But equally as we go into this song now, um, the prayer team are going to be sat just outside of those doors. And if you are watching this um, in Rowley, again, you will have a prayer team there. If you're watching this online, then please do fill in a, a say one for me and, and, and click on that link online. But if you are wanting prayer in person and you're in a room today, then uh, I wonder whether there are a few specific responses that God would love us to do, whether you're in the room or online. First of all, I wonder whether there are people um, in the room or online who have never really fully grasped the depth and height of width and width of God's love for them. And I wonder whether there are some people who want to say yes to Jesus for the first time today. And if that is you, it's a super brave thing to do, but I would really encourage you to either click on that link or go and meet with a member of the prayer team and just get them to talk to you and pray with you about what this might mean. Equally, I wonder whether there are some people uh, watching today and here today who are so impacted by the pain of previous relationships that they don't see how any other relationship going forward will look the same again. That although maybe this is a circumstance in the past, you feel like you can't help but let it impact your present. And I believe that Jesus wants to bring healing to those wounds. That whilst you may not even be in contact with some of those people anymore, that actually um, you, you can see your carryover playing out in some of the relationships that you have. And you want to God to bring healing to that. Again, I'd really encourage you to pray with somebody this morning. And finally, um, I wonder whether there are some people who... I've talked about damaging relationships and, and being damaged by those, but you see yourself as damaged. And I don't believe that God would ever want that to be a label that you carry over your life. I believe that God sees your pain. He sees your hurt. And again, he wants to bring healing. And if that is you, then again, I would really encourage you to either go and pray with somebody in person or click on a link online. But I'm going to pray. And as we uh, worship, I would encourage you to maybe, maybe you don't even want to sing this song. Maybe you just want the words of this song to wash over you and that God might show you in its truest form how deeply loved you are. That no matter what circumstance you are here with today, no matter where you have been this week, no matter whether this has been a great week or a painful week, you are deeply loved. And God wants to be with you in whatever circumstance you bring in this morning. And so Jesus, would you be with us now?
would you increase your presence with us? Whether we are here in the room or whether we're watching this at home, would there just be this tangible sense of how deeply loved we are? That we are not alone. And God, as your love washes over us and fills us, would you allow us to hand you our carryover? Jesus, would you set us free that our outworking might be the kind of love that you have shown to us? So Jesus, would you reveal your love to us again today? Amen.